All right. Welcome to a Silver Lined Relaunch. And you know those days that you wake up and you are on fire. Well, that happened to me today because I have somebody that is so special to me. She is near and dear to my heart. It, it literally is going to be electric, this conversation. Okay, so whatever you're doing, slow this down, slow the roll, ladies, slow the roll, guys. This is going to be on fuego. My dear friend is here, Andrea Michelle, and wow, how fired up, how fired up am I right now to have you and to have you share your significant relaunch. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the Business Bootcamp, which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Welcome! <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, and for me too, I felt the same way knowing that I had this, I was going to be seeing you and then talking to you today. I was like, oh, so excited. So I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, we're fellow coaches. We've been in a mastermind together. We have literally seen each other's companies explode. And yes. when we first got on again today, I said to you, I, you know, I've admired you from the day I met you down in, I think it was like, it was in Los Angeles. Was it Redondo Beach or something like that? San Diego, we, I think. San, yeah, San Diego. You're right. It was San Diego. <laughs> and all I think of right now is us walking on the beach oh. and the conversations on that deck yes. where that gigantic butterfly that was very symbolic for me yes. flew by. And I just, I thought, you know what? I have a friend for life here. So here we go. <laughs> for those that don't know your, your specific journey, your relaunch, you know how I like to give a platform to be able to share some of the things that you only sometimes get to share glimpses of in social media. 
And I want you to have an opportunity to dive into a significant relaunch and help us understand how those became silver linings for you. Yeah. Um, again, thank you for the opportunity. Mm. You know, I have had so many relaunches in my life because, um, you know, my entire childhood, well, I shouldn't say my entire childhood, but a good portion of my childhood was just riddled with trauma from the death of a sibling, the divorce of my parents, hunger, homelessness, poverty, sexual abuse, um, domestic violence, violence in the neighborhood, growing up in some of the roughest and poorest neighborhoods that we've, as a matter of fact, Hillary, um, I, I counted a few years ago that for the first um, 10 years of my life, I lived at 10 different addresses. Like that's how often we moved as a kid and how unstable my childhood was. And so I've had so many, um, you know, opportunities for the relaunch, if you will. But, but the one that I actually want to share today happened to me recently. And when I say recently, I mean, within like the, the last year or whatever, um, because it was really a moment where I was truly triggered. And uh, so I'm, I'm a trauma sensitive coach and I'm currently working on my certification to be a trauma sensitive coach. And so what I've discovered is that a lot of us, we use the word triggered or trigger warning, you know, to get people's attention, not necessarily because it's actually a moment that will trigger someone. Um, but I had a moment a year ago, Hillary. Okay. Where- but, but wait, 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 before we even jump into this moment, okay. I, I just, I mean, first off, when we talk about in the first 10 years, you've had, you know, death of a sibling, you've had, you've had divorce of your parents, you've had hunger, you've had, you know, the, the sexual <laughs> molestation, you've had all of these different things. You've yes. had poverty, you've had, yes. I mean, as a, as a mom, mm-hmm. and I think about this, you know, under 10 year old little mm-hmm. girl going through all of these challenges, all of these things that are, most people, you know, hopefully have, have, have never had to go through, right? right? Or they go through one or two. And right. as you said, it was just like, God, I went back and I started to add up all of them. It's like, is there, and I'm, I was kind of thinking about it. Is there one that didn't happen, right? right. You, you kind of have hit it. Hence the fact that, you know, you're such an amazing coach who, by the way, is going back and getting a PhD right now, everybody. Yes. Yes. I'm raising my hands if you're not watching this on YouTube right now, but I have to say, knowing you the way I know you, you wouldn't know that you have been through all of that. Mm -hmm. And you talk about triggers, you talk about, I know we're going to go into that, but that little girl inside of you, Right. right? We always talk about, you know, that, that little girl inside of you, the, the different phases of before 10 years old, there might be like, you know, a hundred little girls inside of you below 10. How do you, how do you just, before we dive into, you know, the, the next part of this, but how do you allow yourself to be so joyous, so happy with where you are right now? The, The simplest reason, um, 
is I'm healed, right? I mm. fundamentally believe that healing um, is the foundation for everything. And I believe that happiness, joy, love, peace, ab- abundance, um, money, everything is a byproduct of healing yourself from your traumatic or unpleasant experiences. And so I have been on the healing and self-discovery journey for over 22 years now. Mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, 19 years old when I asked myself, you know, not in a philosophical way, like who art thou? But at 19 years old, I said, well, who am I? Because I had experienced so much trauma and so much tragedy you know, I really wanted to know, like, is this what life is about? Right? Like, is this why Mm -hmm. I exist, you know, to experience trauma after trauma, tragedy after tragedy, homelessness. And, and again, not only was I, I hungry and homeless as a child, but then as, Mm. as a, a young adult, you know, maybe 18 years old, there was a summer where I was also homeless. And so it was like, I found myself repeating the same cycles at 19 and thank Mm. God, thank the universe, thank spirit for having the presence of mind to ask myself, like, who am I? And again, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that deep, right? It sounds like Mm -hmm. it was deep because I was 19, but Mm -hmm. when I asked myself that it didn't feel that deep, it felt like there was something greater for me to be doing. And I needed to stop and really examine and ask myself, like, who are you? Who do you want to be? Like, do you want to be truly a product of your environment or do you want to be something more? Clearly I chose the something more route. You know what I love though, what you said is, you know, I've, I've heard it called the trauma loop mm-hmm. that when we start to have one thing happen, then another, then we're actually looking for what else is going to happen. Right. Right. What else? Hey, there's something more because this is just who I am. These are the beliefs that we, you know, you and I have talked a lot about in the past, but, but going into healing, healing yourself. And you've been, you've been on this personal journey since you were 19 years old, where you really stopped looking on the outside for solution. And you started looking on the inside. Mm -hmm. Can you, and and I know that this, let's go back to now what you're doing with the triggers and you were starting down that path, share with us that this most recent relaunch for you. Yes. So, um, so before I became actually, this is almost two years to the, to the day that I actually retired from corporate America. So I spent 15 years successfully climbing the corporate ladder. And and so in addition to experiencing everything that I experienced in the home life, there's also racism. There's also discrimination. Mm -hmm. There's also the prejudice. There's also all of these things. So at school, you know, the home life wasn't solid, but then at school, the, the quality of education and the counselors, when I told them I wanted to do this because we were in a suburban school, all white school, we moved to the suburbs. It was, (laughs) you can't do that. So, you know, I had all of these forces that were basically coming at me, telling me, you know, what I can or can't do or what I should and shouldn't do. And, Mm -hmm. and on paper, if I would have become a drug addict or in a, you know, a mental health institution on paper, it would have been like, well, what else could she have become because of her life experiences? So, 
So I spent 15 years successfully climbing the corporate ladder, battling, you know, racism. Oh, you're here for affirmative action and, and all of that, which I wasn't. It was my qualifications. But anyway, um, so I almost two years to the day, I retired from a successful corporate career um, to do what I'm doing now, be an entrepreneur full time and coach people full time. And so everyone, are you hearing this? Are you hearing, you know, how similar the fact, you know, you give up on the corporate, you end up tapping in to that zone of genius and, oh, no doubt two years ago, I didn't realize, or I didn't remember how, how, like that was not very long ago. No, I know. (laughs) And how much girl you have done so much. I'm like, I, I feel like a proud mom right now. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I'm an executor. Like I mm. execute on things. If, if, yeah. if I see that there's the blueprint, it doesn't take me a lot of time, which is part of why at 19, I did ask myself, who are you again, not understanding the implications of, of even that question, but I, I execute if, if I have an idea and it feels aligned for me, then I'm going to execute. I don't worry about success or failure because I believe that, um, I don't believe that failure is the opposite of success. Success failure is a part of the success journey. And so I would rather go out there, do something and it not work out the way that I expect it to, um, than to sit back and have regrets. Because at this point in my Mm. life, I I have absolutely no regrets. There is nothing that I can look back Mm. on my life and, and say, oh my gosh, I regret this. So I love that you just said that because replace failure with the word challenge. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm, good. So I, you know, had retired at last year. At this point, I've been retired for a year. You know, my husband and I, we built our home from the ground up. This this office that I'm in, like I built it. We decided this was going to be. Of course, office. of course you did that too. Let's add that to the list. <laughs> oh my goodness. How awesome. I didn't I know, know that I part. Know. That part you didn't, you, you, haven't, you haven't shared with me on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so. So. So, I need you yeah. to come visit me soon because I, yes. <laughs> I have a few things that I really could use some help with. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. So, um, you know, we built this house from the ground up. And so I was, you know, made a lot of money in corporate and then I retired. And then there was a time, of course, where like there was no clients coming in. And I actually retired from corporate before I had reached um, the salary that I was making in, in corporate. So, um, you know, retired from corporate and, and then my husband and I, we looked at the budget. Okay. We can do it this way, do it this way. Um, but last year, Hillary, I went grocery shopping and my husband and I decided that we would just use cash. You know, when we go to the good old hard cash, when we go to the grocery <laughs> store, just to be on track from the budget, because you know, and you can probably appreciate this, you know, when, when you have, you know, money, like you don't worry about spending it. It's just like, mm-hmm. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. Right. You, you, you <laughs> put the card down and you do it mm-hmm. and you do it. Right. But so we said, okay, Andrea, you know, you've, you've been at this for a year and things aren't, you know, you're not bringing in as much as you used to on your salary. So mm-hmm. let's just be smart about it. Right. You have to be smart. And so we decided we were only going to spend cash. And so this is my, my relaunch or defining moment. Hillary, I went to the grocery store and I wanted chicken Parmesan for dinner. And, and I have a great recipe. I you know found it. 
And I went to the grocery store to buy the things for the chicken Parmesan. And I'm, I'm counting the money. And because I'm an accountant by trade, it's, I still am an accountant, even though I'm not in corporate. Like I have a, this habit of like, as I put things in the cart, just like mentally adding them up in my head. Okay. That's $8. That's five. That's 13. Like that's my habit. Um, Mm -hmm. But part of it is stemmed from being poor and only having like $5 in my checking account and not going over. And so, so it's twofold, right? Just the numbers counting in my head. I've always been attracted to numbers, but then also I didn't want to go over. So I'm in the grocery store and I'm adding everything up and I get to the cheese section where I'm going to grab my Parmesan cheese. And so I'm standing in front of the, the cheese freezer and I, I, I really love Sargento Parmesan cheese for me making, you know, yeah. chicken Alfredo, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I just needed yeah. the, the Sargento. Yeah. I didn't want, that's what I wanted in the moment. And this is when I say that I was triggered in that moment. Here's what I mean. I stood in front of the freezer and I had $22 in cash in my hand. And we agreed that I was only spending cash and I calculated everything in my cart and I couldn't afford Sargento cheese. And it was only $3 and 75 cents. And I broke down and I cried Mm. right in the grocery store, standing in front of the freezer. Wow. What a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Going right back to when you were young. That's exactly what happened. Mm. And I, Hillary, I could not, in that moment, I could not think straight. I literally, and my kids were with me. And thankfully, in that moment, they had ran to the candy aisle. Like, because they had their own money. And when they have their own money. I was going to say, they cannot be taken out of the $22. Not getting any candy. If if mama's not getting any of her Sargento cheese. (laughs) Right. We decided, yeah, we decided like a a few years ago that we would give our kids their own money to go shopping. Um, And I'm so glad we did that because before when we bought everything for them, they asked for everything. But now that they have their own cash, they're like, um, I got $3. I can buy this one thing for $3 or I can buy something or I can buy three things for a dollar or two things. So they're, they're making wise, better decisions. Right. And so I literally, everyone, everyone who's listening, who has kids, This is an awesome budgeting. This is amazing. You have an accountant, former accountant telling you like, this is good. This is good information for your kids because yes, when they have a certain amount that they know they have, they don't ask for more. No. So great. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like the shift and it happened almost immediately. Mm -hmm. As soon as we like, okay, here's $5. You can get what you want. And Mm -hmm. It took a a couple of tries though, because they would like spend their money and they wouldn't have enough. And I'd be like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, put something back. And I would let them know that I have the money, but it's my money, not theirs. So it it really does work. That was really good. Okay. So you're, you're in front of the cheese, you've been triggered, you're crying and here you're breaking down. Yeah. I literally went into breakdown mode and I couldn't think of my next step. And so I, I was crying. And, and again, you know, what is time? I can't tell you whether it was 30 seconds or, or, or 30 minutes. I really don't know how long. It, I don't think it was that long because my kids still hadn't found me yet. So it hadn't been that long. But I literally, when I came to, I was like, like, oh my gosh, I'm literally crying in front of the mm. grocery store. Thank mm. God 
no one else saw me. Like no one was in the grocery, in that aisle at the time. And so I reached in the freezer and I grabbed, I don't know, Crystal Farms Parmesan cheese, right? Cause, mm -hmm. cause it was, it was on sale, right? Like a dollar 99 or something like that. Sargento yeah. was 375, the sale one was not, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so Hillary, I paid, you know, got up to the, the register, paid for it. And I sat in my car because at this point I had come, come to, right? Um, and I was no longer in a state of being triggered. And that's why we have to be careful when we talk about people being triggered because being triggered is an actual physical, mental, emotional response where you cannot think straight, right? You cannot think straight. And, and truth be told, Hillary, I had so many options available to me in that moment. I could have put back the pack of Oreo cookies. I could have simply used the checking account. And even if there was no money in the checking account, I could have used one of my thousand credit cards that I have, right? right. I had so many options, but in that mm. moment, I couldn't think of those options. All I knew was mm. that I was poor all over again. And I'm like, how did I go from having everything throwing myself a 40th birthday party, two days later, flying my family to Hawaii for eight days, staying two minutes away from the beach in walking distance hmm. to now I'm back in poverty again. Hmm. Like that was, that. that's where I went. And so I sat in the car and thank God that I have worked on myself and I have the tools that I need so that when these events happen, that I don't stay there for very long. And so I sat in my car and this is the, the relaunch period, mm -hmm. the silver lining. I sat in the car and I said, Andrea, you have made a lot of money working in corporate. You have always made very good decisions. You've always made very good decisions. That is how you're in this situation again. What do you need to do to change the situation. Hmm. And I sat in the car and I said, I will take all of the value that I've assigned to money and I will put all of that value on myself. Hmm. And I will never, ever put money on a pedestal ever again. Hmm. I will always be in control of money. It will not control me. And I drove home and that was my resolve. And from that moment, I have never put money on a pedestal. And interestingly mm. enough, more money seems to be flowing into me <laughs> where I get money from like, oh, a product that I had out there that I totally forgot. Like just the other day, someone, there's a link that I have out there. I don't know where the link can be found because I thought I took it down. Someone found the link and they purchased some for me. And I was like, how did they find it? Part of me wants to ask them like, how did you find that link? But then I sound like an irresponsible business owner. But that moment was a relaunch mm. moment for me because I was so triggered. And mm. I could have sat in my car and had a pity party and, and, and played the role of the victim and, you know, beat myself up. Oh, you're stupid from retiring and you knew your business, blah, blah, blah. But what good would that have been? Mm. It, it's so powerful that, you know, you, you, as you said, that you've stopped putting money on a pedestal. 
that you now can live your life and not have money be the driving force. And what I loved that you said is that, and I think that this is something that is so fascinating. Once you put it out there, that this is not going to happen anymore. This is not going to be what drives me that you started to actually see things come in. You started to see the abundance. You started to see that, wait a second, you know, money is just energy. Money is just there. And you were putting so much on it. So much value, as you said, onto actual money. This is, this is money in itself right here. What you're, what you're sharing. So when somebody comes to work with you now, Mm-hmm. And you know that we all have triggers until you deal with them, until you, you know, appropriately, you know, really manage right. what happens with the thoughts turning into those feelings. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue to trigger you. Right. How, what, what's a step that we can share with the listeners? What, what, how do you even start people down this journey? Cause I do agree with you when, when you're triggered, you can't think. You're like, you're like a different person. You're in this like, you know, cloud of like, and so how do you, how do you handle this with your coaching clients? Well, first of all, we have to take the stigma away from people actually being triggered. Um, And it is my philosophy that being triggered is a good thing because today we're conditioned to believe that being triggered is a bad thing, right? Like, oh my gosh, you don't want to be triggered. And and I'm not saying like, I would have loved to not be triggered in that moment, right? I would have loved to not in the grocery store over $3 and 75 cent cheese. (laughs) Would have loved that. Thank you very much. But I was, but the change that happened afterwards. So the first thing that we need to do is normalize triggering. The second thing is to understand that being triggered is not a bad thing because when you are triggered by something, it is an indication that something is ready to come up, to be healed and to be resolved. And it also means that you are ready for it in that moment. So that's the Ooh. first thing. Wow. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Normalize the trigger. Mm-hmm. Triggers are not bad. They are indicators. Yes. They are telling you, they are sharing you, they are letting yes. you know that you are ready yes. to start to really dig into it. God, yes. that's so good. Andrea, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> yes. I, I 100% agree with you. And you so eloquently put it that way. It is, that is so great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Mm. so we just have to, you know, my goal is to really truly normalize the healing process, which is why I always share my personal stories on my, my social channels with my email list on my podcast, because I want people to know that there's nothing wrong with healing yourself. There's also nothing wrong with having experienced trauma and having a desire to heal from that trauma. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so we have to stop making, um, we have to stop being so critical and judgmental of people 
who are deciding to heal from their trauma. Okay, so they have a breakdown in public. So what? They're healing, right? Okay, they may say something that's inappropriate. If you know that they're going through something and they're healing, forgive that. Mm. Don't hold on to it. Right. Because you holding on to it is only preventing your own growth. And so we have to normalize the healing process. We absolutely have to. And again, which is also why I decided to go back to school and become a doctoral <laughs> student again, like getting my PhD in developmental psychology, so because great. I know that all of us, whether we admit it or not, have experienced individual trauma and then also a collective trauma. And so every we, single one of us, all of us without a doubt. Yes. All of us. Right. And so if nobody else is talking about healing and trauma, let me talk about it. Like I said, mm. I don't have a problem with putting myself out there and, 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 and being polarizing and being perceived the, 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 whatever black sheep or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. because it is an alignment and an integrity with who I am as a human being. I got to say, one of the things that I um, remember when I was in my own training, and it might've even been back when I was getting my degree in psychology, is that there's always a time when your subconscious believes that you're ready to start dealing with trauma. And that's why so many people are like, why is this coming up now? Yep. Why is this like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing yep. wrong with you. Mm -hmm. When you start to have things that are showing up more and yeah. more, it's actually your subconscious telling you that you're now ready. Yes. You're now ready to start to deal with it. And 100%. so I, I, and I, and something else that you, you said that I thought about is what is one person's trauma may not be somebody else's trauma. Mm -hmm. And when somebody else is traumatized by an experience and you could even be with that person during yes. the same experience, yes. it doesn't, it doesn't hit you the same way. You're like, what the heck? It wasn't that big a deal. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so first thing is to understand that when it comes to our traumatic experiences, sometimes, oftentimes, it's not the actual experience itself that creates the trauma, but it's how the people around us respond to it. Like the people who, so like for me, I was sexually molested as a little girl and I can express this now, but I couldn't express it at eight, you know, seven, eight years old, but it wasn't, okay, so it happened to me, right? That was like terrible. But then it was like, oh my gosh, my mother didn't know. She didn't do anything, right? And she, did, she, she really mm. didn't know. It's not that she didn't do anything. She, she just yeah. didn't know, but she was supposed to protect me. My father was supposed to protect me. The person mm. who did it to me, they said that they love me and they mm. violated me, right? So it's understanding that sometimes the experiences themselves is, is yes, it may be unpleasant, and just because an experience is unpleasant, it doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be traumatic. What can turn an unpleasant experience into a traumatic experience is how the people around us respond to it. So like in the case that you just gave, like two people experiencing the exact same thing and one person being like, oh my gosh, I'm mortified. And the other person being like, it's not that big of a deal. That person saying it's not big of a deal 
can create the traumatic experience for the other person who feels it deeply in their soul, like, oh, like this is terrible. And then to have someone that they love to say to them, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, oh my gosh, a betrayal, a violation. And so that can create the trauma around it. That's the first thing or second thing. I don't know where I am in my points, but another reason why people um, can experience trauma differently is because we are all different individuals, mm -hmm. right? Like I had a girlfriend who couldn't watch, um, uh, like, uh, you know how you're watching a movie and let's say the woman is sexually assaulted in a movie. She absolutely could not watch that. Mm -hmm. But for me, even though I was molested as a little girl, like it, it meant nothing to me, right? So it's our past experiences that also shape how we perceive things in the moment and going forward. So that's why you can have two people to experience the same thing and have completely different reactions to the same thing. This is why I love when we have conversations because the way that you frame that, it's like people that are listening, you now realize so much that it's not, it's, it's how others reacted and made you feel about the situation too. It's right. so brilliant how you just did that. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, okay. I'm brilliant, Hillary. Yeah, hey, I actually, I actually do know that <laughs> now, hopefully others know that, but <laughs> I, 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 unfortunately we are running out of time and I know there's so much more that we were hoping to cover, but I would like to get into some rapid fire questions because I would like them to, as I mentioned, you're so filled with joy. You're so filled with happiness. You're so filled with all these things. So one of my rapid fire questions is this. You chose to do a pretty big personal challenge this last year that consisted of exercise over a period of time. Can you share with us what you did and how long you did it? <laughs> Yes. So uh, last year, July, I decided that I would run a 5k every day um, until my 41st uh, birthday. And so I actually did 94 days consecutively of running or walking a 5k every day until my 41st birthday. And it was an amazing challenge. <laughs> you know what I used to used to inspire me because I would see you. And it would be like one of these times where I'm like, Oh, really? She did it again. And she's showing like you showed, um, you know, on your treadmill or on some device, like I did it and you were glowing. You're like, you know, tough to get out there, but glad I did. I'd be like, okay, obviously, I mean, obviously I have to go do something now. So a little kick in the ass for me too. Yes. Uh, okay. So what makes your chicken parm so good? What is the secret ingredient? And we know about Sargento now. We know the trigger. So I got to tell you, I didn't miss hearing that you have an amazing recipe, did I? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. People, I, people are probably like, did she really just ask that question? Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I did. Because I know what we're all thinking. Like, what is the secret ingredient? Come on. You know what? It's, it's so funny because like, I use heavy whipping cream is like what makes it really good. And honestly, instead of using like half and half or like a different, like heavy whipping cream and then like, seriously, Sargento cheese. Parmesan. <laughs> like, You're the 
best. And making I need it with you to love send, too. I need you to send me this because I don't, I don't put, I don't put any of that cream or half and half in mine. Are you serious? No. So what you just said already is something I didn't know. Okay. All right. We got to, we, we digress. I mean, if I said Parmesan chicken, I meant chicken Alfredo. Cause it calls. For oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Cause I yes. was like, how is she dumping a lot of cream? No, 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 or no. Maybe, or maybe I said it and I heard it and I'm like, all right. I want to know. I may know. have said it. I may all have right, said it. Cause good. I'm like so Parmesan chicken cheese Alfredo. and chicken. Yeah. Chicken, okay, Alfredo. chicken Alfredo. I'm so glad I just asked because you know what? That is one of my go-to ultimate love. I still need your, I still need your recipe. All right. So, so much has happened for you, right? Lots yeah. of good stuff. Yeah. Lots of good stuff that's going on around you in the last two years. Yeah. If you could wave your wand, what is the one thing that you would love to have happen to you in the next 12 months? Mm. The one thing I would love to have happen to me in the next 12 months. You know what? I actually started working with um, men. And so I would love in the next 12 months to be working with 12 men. In addition to the, the, the women that I work with. Throw um, it out there. I love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. So, so I would love to work with, with more men, those who identify as men. Um, yeah, I would, I would absolutely love that. Okay. In the next well, one. all of our male audience out there that's listening, you heard this. Yeah. Yes. And I have to say it's interesting. And I'm going to give you something as a coach. I do group coaching with uh-huh. women. I have not to this day found men that want to get into group coaching. They want one-on-one. So I think you're on to something. I, I yeah, that. I have my group coaching now, my um my mentorship. There's a guy in there and love he that. shows up and he shows up bigly and does the the work. I mean, he shares. Love uh, that. Yeah. So he's got EQ. He's got a high level of EQ. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite beauty product by name? (laughs) I know, I know. And everyone is on pins and needles wanting to hear because this is literally one of the favorite parts of the show. And it is mine too. (laughs) My favorite beauty product, hands down, is um, Estee Lauder. Well, you kind of have to use them together. Like you can't use them. Like Uh Estee Lauder's um, cleanser and moisturizer that's multi-effect. So they're multi-effect cleanser and moisturizer. And I got to throw this out there if I can give a third one is Estee. (laughs) Well, I love Estee Lauder skincare. I don't think you can go. Okay. Can we just right now tag Estee Lauder? We need to have you as their, you know, brand ambassador (laughs) here. We got you. We got you covered. Yes. Like seriously, they have a, um, and I don't know if it's oil-based or what, but they have a cleanser, which is also a makeup remover. And literally you put it on your face at the end of the day and it literally removes all of your makeup. It's just so perfect. So I'm getting it because I right now just ran out. I've been using these wipey things that weren't doing anything for me. Nothing. I don't like wipes. Nothing. And the mascara was like glopping down. I look like the raccoon. All right. Very cool. Last but not least question. 
What does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Wow, powerhouse of possibility. It means that you have no limits. There is nothing that binds you. It also means that you are nothing and everything all at the same time. Mm, Do you realize this is a mirror question? When you say what powerhouse of possibility, it's mirroring back exactly who you are. And you are that, no doubt. Okay, so how can people find you, get in contact with you? What's the best way? So um, they can find me at andreamichelle.com. And then also they can find me on Instagram at Andrea Michelle Consulting. But I will probably change my handle to the Andrea Michelle because I'm doing less consulting, more coaching. Um, So my handle will be in in more in alignment. They can find me on Facebook at Andrea A. Michelle. It's my business page. Um, Not really active on Twitter or the other platforms. You're the best. And we will also have this interview, the show notes over at therelaunchco.com under podcast, where you can get a link to these fabulous beauty products as well as link to my dear friend. Andrea, thank you for being here so much. What an inspiration you are to me and to everyone else out there. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. You're the best. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.